0: Who's ready for the word today? Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 10, and then we're going to Acts chapter 2 today. Ezekiel chapter 37, then we're going to Acts chapter 2, verses 1, uh, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 10 today. Listen, um, don't let social distancing interrupt your praise. Can somebody say amen today? Don't let social distancing interrupt what God has for you. Amen? Because let me tell you something. I've been in here 12 weeks preaching to the walls. And I expect somebody to help me preach today. Can somebody say amen? Do not get quiet on me today. Today's not the day to get quiet. Why? Because it's Pentecost Sunday. Amen? And we're back together. And I believe God has given me a word for the church today. Ezekiel chapter 37, it says that the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were not only bones, but the word says that they were very dry bones. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath. Someone say breath. I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put tendons on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath inside of you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse seven. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the tendons and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over and there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the Breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four Winds, hmm, winds, winds, oh breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live again. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came unto them, and they lived, and they stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great, mighty army. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. God, be with us today. Touch us, O God. Open up our hearts and our ears to your word today. Strengthen us today. Renew us by your Spirit. And we give you all honor and all glory and all praise. And Legacy Church said amen today. Amen and amen. Remember, I need your help today. God, in this first passage, God has taken Ezekiel up in the spirit. And it is important to note that he is in the Spirit, the Spirit that I've been talking about the last three or so weeks. And it's important to note that he was in the Spirit. And because he was in the Spirit, he could see this vision, this revelation that God was trying to give to him. And it was a revelation that God was trying to give to him that said, There will be times when you feel like the body is dismembered. That There will be times when it feels like the church is fragmented. Amen? There will be times when it feels like the church is scattered. How many of you can feel, you know that feeling when it feels like the church for the last 12 weeks has been scattered. They've been scattered throughout into homes. And God was giving his word to this nation that although it looks to be scattered, his word says, I will not leave you that way. Can somebody say amen today. He said, I will not leave the church scattered. I will not leave you dismembered, but I have the power to bring you all back together. Jesus talks about the danger of being scattered. Even in the gospels, when Jesus is teaching, he teaches about the dangers of being scattered and being divided. I don't know if you are living under a rock or not, but unless you are, let me give you the word today. America is divided today. America is like a valley full of bones. There are things going on in all, almost all major cities and even some not so major cities across this nation. Those things that are fragmented, things that lack unity, things that, things that are not together, bones that are not touching and have the structure that God has for them. Guess what? Those things at some point will lose the power to stand all by themselves to stand in trial, to stand in persecution, to stand the test of time, to stand in pandemics like we have been and are in in this moment. A body that is not in unity will not survive these things. Even in Mark chapter 3 verse 25, Jesus states that a house divided cannot stand. One of Satan's greatest tactics is destroying unity. Can somebody say amen? Look at America. One of Satan's greatest tactics is destroying unity. Satan longs to destroy unity. He longs to destroy the unity in your marriage. He longs to destroy the unity on your workplace. He longs to destroy unity in a nation. He longs to destroy unity in a church. Can somebody say amen? He loves those things but the funny thing about it is is although he hates unity, the devil mandates all of his demons in hell to be unified for one cause. He demands them. They All of the demons in hell, they are marching to the same beat. They are marching with one accord. They know the mission, they know their vision, they know that they've been sent to earth to steal, kill, and destroy. Guess what? Although he hates unity, the devil demands that his army be unified. Why are demons so powerful? Is because they know the vision, they know their mission. And guess what? Demons never argue. Hmm. Christians argue. Somebody help me preach today. Christians like to argue, but guess what? Demons don't even argue. Somebody needs to get with me today. I'm going to be here a long time. Demons don't even argue. Christians will get online and argue. Demons love it. Demons never argue because they are so unified. The devil hates unity because he understands the power that unity has. And he understands that if he can get the church to become dismembered or scattered, he thinks in his mind that whenever he can cause a lack of unity or scattering, that he can actually cause the church, to lose its strength. But I want you to get this in your notes and in your spirit today because God has fixed our faith. God has fixed us in such a way that, that, that although we may have power by ourselves, God has wired our spirits. God has fixed our faith in such a way that greater power is released when you have someone to agree with you with. God has fixed us that way. Why do you think the devil wants Christians to argue? Because he doesn't want you to come into an agreement with another spirit-filled believer. He doesn't want you to come in contact. Why has the devil been rejoicing that the church has been scattered all across our city? Because he doesn't want you to come into a house of worship like this and come in contact with somebody that you can agree with. Can somebody say amen today? See, God has wired us in such a way that we all have power by ourselves but when we get together with a couple other people who have been in the spirit, something starts happening. Whenever you can get together with like-minded believers I don't know about you but sometimes it feels like you've been in hell all week long. There is nobody in your cubicle that has your faith. There is nobody at your workplace that can come into agreement with you but guess what whenever you start coming in contact with somebody who's been in the Spirit, something can start happening. Can somebody say amen today? You want to know what can happen? Guess what? Whenever you start coming in contact with Spirit-filled believers, you can start scattering demons at a record speed. Amen? You can start just like the day of Pentecost when they were all together in one mind, in one accord, and in one place. They were all together agreeing. And Guess what? You could be like those people. and You can call down fire from heaven whenever you start agreeing with somebody who's in the spirit. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 18 uh, verse 19 he said again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask it shall be done for them by my father which is in heaven there are two words that I want you to take note of in that verse the first is agree and touching the devil hates agreeing and touching because he understands the power of agreement see when anointed people, when people that have been in the oil, people that have been in the oil of the Spirit start getting together under the power of agreement, that is when something starts happening. I have a question for you today. What would happen on Sunday mornings if we came into this house believing that word? What would happen if we came into the house of God believing that word that if we come to together. Something is about to be released. What would happen to the church in America if we stopped coming into the house looking to see who had on a new dress? What would happen if we stopped looking at if her lipstick was too red or not? What would happen? Somebody needs to agree with me today. What would happen if we came into the house and we stopped saying, please, dear God, don't let them sing Move My Body One More Time. What would happen if we came into the house because we've been in hell all week long Long, but whenever we came into the house we were just looking for somebody to agree with we were just looking for somebody who had believed in the word with us what would happen what would happen if those things but instead we came to church knowing that we have been in this place all week knowing that we just need to get together in touch with with somebody what if we came into this place not looking around I just want to find somebody who can agree with me. I just want to find somebody who can beat this cancer with me. I just want to find somebody who can beat racism with me. I just want to find somebody who can come to in unity with me so we can beat this thing together. What would happen? Yokes would be broken. That's what would happen. Demons would have to flee. That's what would happen. Strongholds would be demolished whenever you come in contact with a believer. Hmm. Acts 2 verses 1 through 2, it says they were in one mind and they were in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind. Wind. Hmm. Interesting. Wind. Wind. Let's draw these lines to make this make sense for us. Wind. See, the implication of this story, the implication of this story is not that God needed those people in the upper room so that he could pour out his spirit. God could pour out his spirit wherever he wanted to. Amen. God did not need them in the upper room. But the thing about it is, is that he was just waiting for a group of people to get their bones together to come in contact with unity together so he could release something on them that could change the trajectory of this world he was just waiting on somebody to get together think about this the band when they start singing don't you just love our band I know they sound good online, but isn't it? There's just something about our band in person. Can somebody agree with me with that? I know they sound great, but get this about the band today. See, the band needs your help. Mm. they are the greatest worship pastors, but if nobody can come into agreement with the greatest worship pastor on earth, there's no worship in the house. Mm. I'm going to preach today. The band, when they start singing, and the oil of the Spirit starts flowing, and you can look around and you can start seeing God move on the faces of His people. You can start seeing people step into d- new dimensions of worship. Guess what? It is not because the band was having a great day. It was not because the band was together that day. It was not because they picked some amazing songs that day. No, 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 no. It's not that. It was not that they were just on it that day. is not that they were lit that day, but guess what really happened was that as they were singing, as they always do, and as they always have a great song list, and as they always hit the right notes, and they're always great, guess what? What happened in that moment was, is that somebody started singing with them. They agreed with the words that they were singing, and something started shifting in the atmosphere. And all of a sudden, people started coming into agreement, and the Spirit it started flowing and it was like yes we do believe there's still power in the blood yes we do believe that there is still power to break chains yes we do believe that nothing else will do yes we do believe that God you are my champion yes that we do believe that not for a moment was I forsaken but we do believe that you are still in this place and all of a sudden we come into agreement and the spirit starts flowing see it was not that God needed them to sing that particular song that day they can E-I-E-I-O, but all of a sudden, if you start coming into agreement, the Holy Spirit can move over E-I-E-I-O. and all of a sudden he just needed somebody to come into agreement with him. Woo. And something started happening because the power of agreement, the power of bones coming together, the power of unity. I want you to understand a timeline. I started talking about this timeline when this whole quarantine stuff started happening. It's been so unique. And it's not some coincidence. We started talking about this back in Easter, Resurrection Sunday, Passover. I can't give you all, I can't give you all the details, it's just too much. But if you missed it, go back and watch it. There's a lot of details there about how during the original Passover, they retreated into their homes because the death angel was coming. This last Passover, everybody was in their home. And now, here it is, Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover. And now churches are coming back together. 50 days after that, and now we are entering back into the church. Remember that for just a moment. I also want you to understand some things about bones in unity today. Bones make up the structure of the body. Bones are so important because, get this, bones determine your posture. Hmm. Bones determine your posture. If you don't have good structure, you won't have good posture. But bones determine how you stand. Bones will determine how long you can stand. Get this. Companies and churches and organizations that have strong bones, will um, uh, that do not have strong bones, they will collapse in moments of pandemic when they've reached a limit because all of a sudden they lack structure. They lack the bones. Understand? Understand this, that the devil loves this. The devil loves it when spirit-filled people have no structure. Mm. I'm going to preach to somebody today. He loves it when spirit-filled people, all they know how to do is speak in tongues. He loves it. It's quiet. He loves it when they, when, when, when Pentecostal people think that's it. I need somebody to agree with me today. He loves it. He 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 loves he loves spirit-filled people with no structure. Because you must understand that it's not enough just to be anointed. It's not enough just to be anointed. See, the anointing may be the muscle that projects your ministry and you forward, but the bones is what the muscle is attached to, and the bones causes structure. You need structure in your life. Paul even says it in 1 Corinthians. 1440, whenever he says, let all things be done decently and in order. He says, you gotta have some structure. You gotta have structure. Your bones gotta be touching at some point. When looking at today's text, Ezekiel finds himself in a valley full of bones. Although it was full of bones in the eyes of Ezekiel, there was no function. What is this? It's a valley of bones. It's scattered, dismembered. It has no purpose. All I see are bones. God even tells Ezekiel in some, in some of the translations, he asked him, you know, what do you see? Go to the valley and tell me what you see. And Ezekiel just replied, I just see bones i just i don't see the purpose of it there's no structure if i if if they were together i make it tell what those bones are but i just see bones i just see scattered i just see disunity i see a lack of unification i don't see tendons or anything pulling it together i just see dismembered bones everywhere across this this is the great thing about god because whenever you see no structure he sees potential When you see nothing, he sees something. When you see scattered bones, he sees a mighty army. Can somebody say amen with that today? Why? Because he realizes that he can put something into those bones to multiply their power. He realizes that he can breathe something into those bones to bring them back to life. Amen. He realizes the potential. And whenever he breathes into places, whenever he causes his wind to blow into dry places, dead things must come back to life. Amen. Amen. See, you can't see it. Cuz eyes have not seen. But God knows that when the ruach or the wind of God starts blowing, something is about to come forth. You cannot be in the presence of wind of God and not be changed. Somebody say amen. You can't be, you can't feel the wind of the Spirit. You can't feel the wind, the ruach of God blowing and not be changed. Because from the very beginning of time, you need to understand that although on the day of Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit came down to earth, to dwell. But from the very, very beginning of time, the spirit has been blowing all across the world. Amen. From the very beginning of time, even in Genesis chapter one, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it said, guess what? The earth was without form. It was void and darkness was on the face of the deep. It was scattered, no structure, dismembered there was no unity on the face of the earth it was dark and the Spirit of God the original language says the Ruach the wind of heaven Although there was nothing there, it says the ruach or the wind of God was already hovering over the face of the waters. Somebody, somebody needs to get with me today. Then God said, because the spirit was already blowing. God said, God sent something could come forth out of nothing, and He said, "Let there be light," and there was light. See if see if someone were to look at this canvas that God was describing, they would say there is nothing there. It's full of darkness. It's void. It's empty. This makes no sense. God, what do you see? I see nothing. There is no way that you can make something out of nothing. If someone was looking at this, they would describe it as no structure, no form, void, no bones. Everything was dark, but although it was without form and void, the Spirit was still hovering over him. Although it was still void, guess what? The Spirit of God was still blowing on the face of the waters. Although no one could see the potential, The Spirit was still blowing. Although when looking at the void darkness, although looking at the emptiness on the face of the earth, no one could see structure. No one could even see scattered bones. That's how dismembered it was. It was still like the Ruach of God was still blowing over nothing. I just want to preach to somebody's situation today. Guess what? You may feel like you have nothing going on in your life. I just want to tell you that the Ruach of God can still blow all over. Over you today. You may feel like you are in a valley full of bones, but guess what? The Ruach of God can still blow over your life. Somebody needs to help me preach this thing today. You may feel like you are in a dark, void season. Guess what? The Spirit is still blowing over your life today. You may feel like your structures have collapsed. All of a sudden, guess what? This pandemic occurred and you had everything in line, but now all structures have failed you. Nothing. Your job has become dismembered. Everything is going on. Structures may have collapsed. Everything that was is now no more. But guess what? The Spirit is still hovering over you. Cause guess what? Where there is bones, where there is a void, where there is no form, it's the perfect place for the Holy Spirit to show up and start a work. Where there's no bones, where there's no structure, where it's void and empty, guess what? It is the perfect place for the Holy Spirit. You feel like you've got nothing going on in your life? Praise God, it's the perfect place for the Holy Spirit. And today, guess what? I just wanna speak some Pentecost over somebody today. I just wanna speak Pentecost over America today. Can somebody agree with me on that? I just wanna speak Pentecost over America today because guess what? Systems are a wreck. Governments will fail you. Police officers, they will fail you. Government structures, they will fail you. But guess what? You may not even know the structure of this new school year. You say, my my child can't go to that. And you're you're just chaotic. It just feels like everything is scattered. All of a sudden, guess what? The spirit is still hovering over America. It may be broken, but the spirit is still blowing across America today. And I just want to speak... Pentecost over Minneapolis today. I want to speak Pentecost over Denver today. I want to speak Pentecost over Atlanta today. I want to speak Pentecost over Hollywood today. Why? Because the structures have failed. And on the news, it looks like a bunch of balls out in the streets doing things that we can't even think of. But guess what? My brothers and my sisters, hold on because the Spirit is still blowing in your city. Can somebody just... Stand up and agree with me today. Come on, help me out today. Come on, just get up on your feet today. I want to speak Pentecost over racism today. I want to speak Pentecost over racism today. God, I pray that you send your wind and you blow racism back to hell where it came from. Somebody needs to agree with me today. I pray God right now, send your wind over the scattered bones and blow it out of this country. God, I pray, I speak Pentecost over this nation today. Pastors won't even mention it because they're afraid they may run off their largest tithe giver. But I want to tell somebody today that God is raising up a new army. It will not look like you thought it will look. It will be so diverse of all generations, of all tribes. And God is raising up an army in this last day. But guess what? They are more concerned with souls than they are with tithe. Somebody needs to agree with me today. God is raising up an army and he is ready to release a Ruach on this army a wind from heaven. Speaking of war, David had been fighting. David had been fighting a battle to secure his kingship in Israel. And he decides he's moving the camp. moving his palace to Jerusalem and as he is moving he says I want the ark of the covenant to go with me the ark of the covenant in the Old Testament is symbolic of the Holy Spirit he says come on we can't leave the Holy Spirit here we got to take the ark with us got to understand before the ark could move there was some serious structure that had to take place. There were some very specific rules that they had to follow. They could not touch it so they had made devices where they could escort the ark of the covenant into the new palace. They had to have structure but along the way, guess what? Something happened the structure collapsed and somebody went against the structure and touched the ark of the covenant and it was tragic they died all of a sudden David gets so upset that he says I've got to find somewhere to store this Ark of the Covenant. I can't move it right now. In the middle of a pandemic, follow me, he takes the Ark out of the temple and puts it into a hall of Obed-Edom. Sound familiar? Obed-Edom was nobody. He was just a servant but he had to have something that got the attention of David. And he puts in the Ark of the Covenant in his home for 90 days. For three months, the Ark of the Covenant stayed in homes. Wow. It was in his home for 90 days. And the word says, because of his obedience, that God blessed generations Because they did not forsake the ark, but because they allowed the ark or the Holy Spirit into their home. Somebody needs to get this today. For 90 days, they were blessed beyond measure because they let the Spirit into their home. And then guess what? It came time for it to go back into the temple. And David said, go get the ark with me. So they get the ark out of the homes. And he takes it with the right structure and begins to march with it to Jerusalem. And the word of God says that every six steps, somebody say six steps, six steps, the word says that David just began to dance in the spirit. He didn't care who was watching. He was just so excited that the spirit was about to come back to the temple. Every six feet, all of a sudden he would cut a rug. Another six steps he would dance in the spirit and the word says that Saul's daughter was looking from a distance and she said this man is crazy he's out there dancing so much his robe has come off of him his ephod is now laying on the ground all of a sudden he looks at her and says honey you may thought that was crazy but I can get even more undignified than this when I get in the spirit and all of a sudden he just began to dance like never before do you see what is happening in this same time life all of a sudden for 90 days do the math that's three months there's four weeks in a month times three that is 12 weeks that he was not in the temple but 12 weeks the Spirit stayed in homes I don't know if you know this or not but today is the 12th week since we have been in this house and look around just look around. We are six steps from each other. And guess what? What would happen if in this house today, every six steps somebody just began to dance in the Spirit? Let me tell you something. God is ready for the Spirit to get back into the temple today. Woo! Twelve weeks David just began to dance. I can't contain it anymore. Guess what? God is ready, not only for you to have the Spirit in your house, but God is ready for every church in Rome, Georgia to get the Holy Ghost back into their property. He is ready for a move today. Come on, help me sing this today. Hey, come on, raise up your hands today. And not for a hey.
1: minute, was Whoa.
0: Lord with me today. Come on. Come on, praise the Lord like you've been in quarantine. Praise the Lord like you've got to take six steps and just dance. Praise the Lord with me today. Not for one minute was I forsaken. I may have been quarantined, but I wasn't forsaken. I may not have had as a wind in my life forsaken listen let me just testify of the goodness of God March we met two Sundays it was a five Sunday month in March the goodness of God not forsaken his church we had the largest giving month ever and we were not even in the house April rolls around I'm expecting it to go down April we broke another record and nobody was in this house You have not been forsaken The wind of God is blowing
1: again Come
0: Elijah at the altar that day the wood was soaked with water the prophets of Baal were all around Elijah said we'll know the real God because the real God answers with fire yeah, that's right. mm. somebody needs to agree with me today he said the real God will answer with fire God this Pentecost Sunday talking about bones coming together let it be like fire shut up inside of our bones God, I pray that something is shifting in this atmosphere today. God, I pray that something is shifting in homes all across this city today. God, I'm tired of Chicago being known as the Windy City. I'm ready for Rome, Georgia to become the Windy City. I'm ready for the nation of the United States of America to be the Windy Nation because the Ruach, the wind of God is blowing on our nation again. Move, oh God Stir it up We thank you We thank you today Could you just put your hands together God I thank you That although it may look like We are scattered in this nation Your wind is still Blowing God I thank I can't thank you enough today. I thank you today. Can we just take a moment and, and just seal this word with a praise? Come on, just seal it with a praise today.